When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Our, our goals are the same as every year, and I think, like I said, I'm more excited than, than, than ever that we can really compete at the highest levels here. Of course, winning the division is first and foremost our goal, and, and from there, that's where you get into the dance and, and anything can happen, and that's where we want to be. So, um, like I said... Um, this is a uh, you can label it a million different ways but we have a lot of great players on our roster and I think when we went through the process with hiring a GM hiring a head coach I think we were an attractive team for that reason Purple Access is the show on Thursdays Judd Zolgad Chip Scoggins Star Tribune sports columnist and my uh, former partner on the Viking Beat and of course executive producer Declan Goff Purple Access presented by our friends at Surly Brewing. Oh, more on that as the show progresses and also by TCL TV. Enjoy more with TCL, meaning that if you're not watching sports on a TCL, you might not be doing it right. Uh, That, of course, was Mark Wilf, who owns the Vikings off the top. And Chip, I want to throw it to you with that comment. What are your feelings when when you hear uh, uh, Mark talk about, you know, the fact that we got great players, we can compete? What do you think of what he clearly believes to be the truth? I think he absolutely believes everything he says. I think that ownership believes, and I've said this from the beginning, and that they that it was a Mike Zimmer problem, one hundred percent a Mike Zimmer problem, because everything they've done from that day about being super competitive, and I think he was at the end of that clip. He said, "Well, you can label it however you want." Um, I think he's heard that he's said super competitive a lot. Probably somebody's gotten that to him, but um, they looked at, to me, it's clear. They looked at all those close games last year and said, this is a Mike Zimmer problem. This team is a lot better than what he's squeezing out of it. Either he's going to be right this year or next year, or this thing is going to completely blow up on their faces and they're going to have to go through the rebuild that a lot of people wanted him to go through. So. I agree with what you're saying completely. Here's my issue. And I, I share this with Phil and Dex on uh, Purple Daily on th- Thursday as well. But I'll run this by you as well. There is no question that the last two years, and 2021 probably especially, Mike Zimmer and his coaching staff didn't have good years. Like, there's, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to debate here that they fired the wrong guy. I, I was an advocate, in fact, of firing Spielman and Mike, and they fired them both. So I'm not going to backtrack on that now. But I guess here's what I didn't expect, and here's how I feel it's trended, and it's what bothers me 
Um, and quite frankly, I feel that we saw this in the cycle of the wild for a, a while firing coaches and bringing in new coaches to coach the, the same guys. I feel like, Chip, there's a lack of responsibility here. I feel like they're putting it all on Mike. And it's like, if we just, we got great players. We got players that are fantastic. And that doesn't mean that you don't have some. You do. Justin Jefferson, Daniil Hunter went healthy. Dalvin Cook went healthy. Are very, very good players. But that being said, I think denying your culpability in a problem in sports is easy and problematic. And to piggyback off that, I am not saying, I don't know the Vikings players as as people, okay? But what I am saying is there is some of that, in my opinion, same comfort of the inmates trying to run the asylum. Um, Thielen, Kendricks, again, they might be the greatest people on the face of the earth. And this is not to say that Suter and Parisi were bad human beings. (laughs) <laughs> but it became too easy for them to sort of slough off and say, I'm comfortable here and I think we can win. This feels like that same thing again. And the last thought is, I really think it's unfair to O'Connell because it, he's being given this team now and being told, you got to win right now. And I'm saying, hold on a second here. Mike wasn't great. But first of all, you hired Mike and kept him around for a long time. And second of all, I think O'Connell needs some runway here, and you're giving him none. His boss, the owner, just went to the owners' meetings and basically said, this should be a playoff team, and then you get, and we'll see what happens after that. But he thinks they can compete at the highest level. So what happens when if they don't? Right. Is the coach going to take the responsibility for that? Because they basically said, hey, you got great players. You should be a playoff team. Um, so that puts a ton of pressure on Kevin O'Connell to be a playoff team this year and to satisfy what this ownership believes is a roster that's, again, I think I said this a couple weeks ago. I think they, the owners are infatuated by the top six players on this 53 and maybe not fully, um, given enough attention to the entire 53. And, and the holes that they have. And this is the danger in what they're doing with the roster is um, what was it that, that Belichick always does? Get rid of guys a year too soon and a year too yep. late. And, and yep. you're hoping that this veteran core that you have has not reached their peak. Correct. Because the other thing is they're pushing some of this money into the future where you're going to have to pay, you know, there's going to be dead money in the future by their attempts to win right now and stay relevant. And so um, I don't, I don't know why. I guess I do know why, but it, they're, they're just not willing to turn over this roster yet. Um, Maybe it was the close games last year, Judd. Maybe they just saw those close games and, and feel like they're uh, right there, but but there's dangers in that. Two two things. One is your inability to win those tells you you're not good enough. Correct. It's not it's not a fluky thing, right? Correct. At um, some point, it's not. That's correct. But the other thing, I, I keep going back to what Brad Childress always said that each year stands on its own merit. Yeah. Just because you were you felt like you were close last year doesn't mean the same set of circumstances are going to happen again the next year. And if you run it back, you're going to get 
a better result because you have a better coach now. And so there's danger in that too. But um, yeah, this, this to me, so much of that, it's, it's so interesting because so much of what they did felt like they were turning a big page in this organization, something they just, the Wills don't do. They trust continuity and, and all this. And then for them to bring a new coach and new GM, and it just felt like a clean slate and start over and rebuild the roster. But then they come back with, let's run it back with the roster. And this is going to be a playoff team and even more because they, for whatever reason, they just do not want to embark on that other path yet. You know, I think eventually they're going to have to, right? Yes. But they just don't want to go down it yet. And it puts a lot of pressure on this new regime. And if you had a collection of Jeffersons, like his age, ability around there, I'd say, yeah, you know what? Coach lost him. Move on. Mm-hmm. But you don't. You've got an aging out roster. Um, and look, any one player I'm not going to to blame. So bringing Patrick Peterson back is fine. Like he was yeah. a pro's pro. He had to. He had to. He, he's way past his prime, but he but he's good. He's not terrible yet. Um, but when it's the collection of that and, 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 you know, in retrospect too, I'd, I'd like to talk about what, right. The day that uh, Mike and Rick got fired, what Kendrick said, which was he, he referenced a fear-based culture, which yeah. is a problem. And I totally agree. Yeah. And I get what he's saying, but in some ways it's like the Wilfs looked at that and said, Oh, that was the problem. hundred percent. They did Judd. The other problem, though, with that is, and I will go back to it because we've seen it before in this town, is bringing everybody back now allows, because the Vikings are bending over backwards to be kind to everybody now. I mean, Quasi's basically going out and picking up reporters to drive him to his press conferences. <laughs> um, and, you know, what this does is this allows the players, in my opinion, day one of training camp to have a leg up on the coach. The coach is new. The coach is going to be nice. The coach is trying to go, going to try to be amenable to what the players want. And that's great to a certain degree, but there need, there need to be lines. Mike Zimmer had probably gone too far. I get that. But you also can't have Mike Yo again because this group will push him around. Yeah. I don't think the Wilfs understand what they're doing here. I think they're doing things as fans. And that to me is creating a real, real problem because you can sort of see the trains on the tracks headed towards each other and no one's coming close to trying to stop it. Yeah. And I think I I don't worry about um, so much them having 53 coaches, right? I I think players still will understand, Hey, my coach is my boss and, and this is a, you know, a league where I could get cut. Now there will there be, will there be guys that, Test that theory? Probably. I mean, there, you, you know, um, did we see that some with Leslie Frazier? Right. Maybe I, I can't think of a case right off the top of my head, but I'm sure there was, right? Hey, he's a nice guy and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, we did. But I, I think what they're doing is getting their core guys, Kendricks and Thielen and uh, Dalvin and Daniil, and almost having them – not self-police, but kind of set the agenda for the locker room, um, which I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I, and I don't think I, – I don't worry about uh, how players are going to react to this new regime. I, I just wonder, Judd, are they good enough? <laughs> have, they, have they fixed the problems in the roster enough to where you think, you know – 
Yes, they're a fringe playoff team right now. I, I think you would say that, right? Because we saw it last year, and they um, they're good enough to be relevant just with their individual talent. But but don't you have to look? Wasn't this the time to look five years down the road, seven years down the That's road versus thought. eleven yeah. months? You know, I mean, that's what we thought. Are, are you good enough with this quarterback and this talent and all that? Because really, what, what's the one thing you should be the only thing that should be your agenda right now? Trying to build a Super Bowl team, right? Correct. And so, how do you get there? I mean, I, I just don't think you can sit there and look at this and say, "Well, let's just get in the playoffs and anything can happen." Well, I don't know, really. I mean, well, that's what I say, I say that in NHL. I say it in NHL, but yeah. Uh, well, Mark Wilf, though, the, the problem is the Wilfs will always, and they'll, they'll always default to this. They watched the Giants. They watched Coughlin's Giants, and they loved the Giants. And they saw, you know, the Giants, it was good luck. But, I mean, and that happens every once in a while. But it takes everything going right. And it's not like those Giants teams were built to be juggernauts, which is what you ideally want to try and build as much as possible mm-hmm. for a run, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. The other thing that bothers me, though, is I feel like the blaming Mike thing has become the the culture, whether they like it or not, that is now established with the Vikings is finger pointing. Yeah. If something goes wrong, blame somebody else. Yeah. And isn't it interesting, though, Judd, that the moves that they made this offseason are pretty identical to what they've done the last couple of years with Spielman and Zimmer in terms of finding bargain veterans and plugging holes and hoping it crossing your yep. fingers and hoping they work out is, you know, yep. whether it's, you know, I think bringing, bringing Pat Peterson back, you had to, and he played well enough, but it's fine. The, the offensive line additions, uh, you know, uh, Darius Smith is not a veteran just plugging in there. He, he was a big time signing, I think, but, um, but his back is bad. But and- his back, but some of the other, you know, the offensive line stuff is just like, it's veteran guys who you don't even know if they're starters, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, um, it feels sort of like uh, run it back the way Zim and them did, you know. Um, it, it's interesting. I am absolutely shocked. I, I think the one thing that surprised me the most of everything is this one, right guard, because – Yeah, I want to bring that up. O'Connell is here to help get Kirk on a supposedly Super Bowl track. And what one of the biggest things, and it doesn't take, you know, lots of going back and watching film – to see that interior pressure bugs Kirk. And by the way, in Kirk's defense, bugs a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. And you've got what now? Ole Udo coming back, Wyatt Davis, who has not played a snap, and Jesse Davis, correct? Davis, the guy that Jesse they signed Dolphins, yeah. from the Dolphins. Just, That's what you got. What in the world is going on with Wyatt Davis? <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I would love to know, like, do they think he's not any good? Not going to be – I mean, what is going on there? <laughs> he didn't get a sniff last year, and now you're signing the guy from the Dolphins who I don't think had the greatest analytics in the world coming from there. And, and Oh, his right tackle, um, his right tackle deep dive statistics yeah. were awful. And, and, I'm the sure and he's, they're bringing him for the guard, so maybe he was playing out of position there. I don't know, but – it doesn't speak highly of Wyatt Davis and their, you know, their evaluation on, I guess, college film or game or, or practice film, whatever they're looking at to even evaluate him. It, that one's just mind-boggling to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then 
Oh, by the way, Bradbury. Right, which I'm also not comfortable with. And I don't see how you fix him. He is who, I, I, I mean, at some point yeah. in time, that, that, to me, that's not a schematic thing. Judd, He's getting this, forklifted. And the thing is, at, let's be honest, at this point in your career, you're sort of who you, who you are, right? Right. You don't just radically make become a totally different player. Was this his fifth year, uh, fourth year, fourth year? Into yeah, you may improve a little, but you, you know, I don't know that he's going to be able to fix his deficiencies and getting overpowered. So explain by, that to me, though. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't think a scheme's going to you know a scheme change is going to fix it. I mean, that's a physical thing, right? Not more than a a mental or I, whatever. So I, I, I don't know, Jeff. I think it's I think in the case of Bradbury it's twofold. One, physical for sure. Yeah. Two, I don't think and th- and again you're not going to change this. I don't think he's nasty enough and because when you see guys his size who play his spot, they are some of the meanest people you'll ever come across. Jeff mm-hmm. Christie. Jeff Christie was great, but you know what he was? He was nasty. Yeah. Bradbury's not nasty and that's not that's no again no personal indictment against him. But you need, if you're going to be his size and good, you need to have a mean streak that is very serious. And I don't think he has that. Um, and you know what? He might be great in business after football. He might be, it might serve him well. But yeah, I am, I thought part of the reason why some guys, some veterans with salary would be gone would be so they could at least address center or guard with a really good replacement. And right now, to what, you're saying a thousand percent right. They're basically go, going with the, ah, it's fine. We'll find a guy. Yeah. Like any move you make now, you're in the what, the second or third <clears throat> wave of free agency. Well, the guards are all gone. So you're not like dramatically upgrading it. You're, no. you're, you're getting a veteran with some experience and crossing your fingers and hoping you get some magic there. So that's not, you know. But the other thing is, Judd. Do they even have the money to do that? You know, not now. You don't have the money to make the splash, and so, I mean, if you roll back out there with, you know, Brad Bear as your center and Jesse Davis or Wyatt Davis or whoever, Ole Udo is your right guard. I don't think you really accomplished anything, <laughs> right? And, and then I'll fall back on how are you trying to? So you can't tell me that. So you're telling me that O'Connell's coaching is just going to bring Kirk up against pressure from the interior? Um, I guess I have a hard time buying that. Again, again, it goes back to putting a ton of pressure on O'Connell yeah. and his staff to fix flaws that um, sabotaged a lot of the games last year. I mean, that's the thing. But you look at their offense – and finished, what, 11th, 12th in scoring. But how many three – did they lead the league in three and outs? And part of that was because of the pressures they gave up and right. sacks and – or Dalvin getting stuffed at the line and second and ten. I mean, it's just, you know, they – it was so hot or cold with that offense. Like, you see the big plays, but then that offense and their weaknesses there in the interior would 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 prevent it from being a great offense. And right now – that it needs to be a great offense for this team to to be a legitimate playoff team. Oh, it has to be top ten scoring, if not top five. And it should. Well, top ten, it should. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt it should. But yeah. 
Um, so no, it's it's uh, it, I tell you, it was this was a curveball I didn't see coming when that day you go back to the day they fired Spielman and Zimmer, and I think we all said, "Whoa, this is gonna." You waiting to see yep. how transformational this is gonna be? We're not even gonna recognize this team next year. <laughs> it's the same team, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it it's incredible, and somebody clearly between the, the Wilfs deciding it themselves and being convinced. Somebody clearly said the problem was coaching, which then, of course, goes back to to the question of why the hell did you extend those two after Uh 2019 when your last memory of that season was being blown out physically, being blown off the ball by San Francisco? Like, there's just a lot of questions that I would love to ask and get answered truthfully about the thought process of how this thing is being run. How much do you think of it, Judd, is for the Wills, they – become um, so focused on the year-to-year versus the long-term? Well, that I think, every year, it's like they, they, they just see right here. They just see this season, right? And what yep. do we do to be good this season versus yep. – let's take a step back here. Let's look at 2027 and how do we get to become great, like consistently, like a legitimate there – and it's it's all about gosh we're fans we want to win we want to be competitive we, we definitely don't want to be a three win team and so every year it's like, like plugging holes with veterans just to stay relevant or competitive and not like a broad view. I think that's a big part of it. I also think part of of the problem is, and this goes back to Rick, was they really I don't think it's a stretch to to say, and and I, I think we both thought this chip they really relied on Rick to be their football guy. Like I think Rick was their football voice, their football friend and and their football fans. And so they blew, they decided to blow Rick out and clearly whoever was advising them or has been outside of their football people who thought they knew, and there is nothing more dangerous than a person that thinks they know the sport, but is it, but, but is basically telling the people who own the team what they want to hear um, I think they've basically said, oh, oh, look at our roster. This was all Mike's fault. And like this is when you made those changes, what you should what you should have said was we need to go to school on how to get this thing on the right path. And instead they said they were clearly told, oh, the right path is Rick's gone, Mike's gone, we're fine now. And that's what we're seeing. Well, and and the the interesting thing about that is um they basically have two years for this, for this to work, right? Because you're, you know, that's all you have cousins under contract for, and it's, you know, right. So it's basically a two year window to fulfill whatever it is they're trying to fulfill, right? right. And then you're going to have to uh, start over at, at at that position, which means you're basically starting over uh, in, and, in your in your new era or new so- phase. And so, okay, so you just hit on, among the problems that they're not accounting for, you just hit on an absolutely key one. For as much as people said, well, if they're bad in 22, Jefferson's going to want out. If they don't sign, if Jefferson doesn't sign a mega extension next May and lets this thing ride and this does not work, he's going to leave. Because he's going to say, why would I stay here when you're now hitting the reset button after your short-term fix didn't work. So you are banking, if Jefferson says, I am going to, and this is risky in football, so he might not. But if he says, you know what, I'm going to gamble on myself. I'm not going to get hurt. 
um, he would be hitting the market as the Vikings are hitting what we thought would be the reset that they hit right now. Like these are all the problems of not thinking this through from a business standpoint and trying to think it through as fans. Yeah. I mean, for him, you would have to really be convinced. Let's not forget that his good friend, you know, um, just played in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Yeah, two good friends. And so yeah, he would ha- he would have to be convinced that whatever their next step is at that at that position has the potential to not only be a winner, but you know, obviously have a great connection with him and, and put up kind of numbers. So I have I mean, that dialogue has to start like when they the day they got hired. Not yes. not like Two years from now, like, well, that didn't work. We're starting over. I mean, it can't be that. You, I mean, you have to be telling him, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, either him or his agent. And 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 they have to be figuring out who, you know, the quarterback's next year. And, and that's the thing, Jess. Like, and, and he's not dumb. You, that, that's, that is the thing, Jess. Like, they, the Wills do not want to bottom out. And, and nobody wants to bottom out. But how do you get the Joe Burrow? How do you get the that right. guy by saying we're going to knock on the playoff door? We're going to get anything happens, and then if you don't, you're stuck in the middle. And and the other thing too, I like like this goes down so many roads that that aren't being explored. Kevin O'Connell has almost no choice but to turn Kirk Cousins into a Super Bowl contending quarterback. Has to. That's, that's but, but I mean, think about, what, yeah. think about that statement. Think about what you just said. The, the ridiculous amount of pressure yeah. that we just put on a first-time coach, because knowingly or not, the people who write Kevin O'Connell's paychecks are doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, there's no, well, I sort of fixed Kirk a little bit. No, this is a, those two need to have a Super Bowl contending team or else this becomes at least round one an unmitigated failure. And, and the thing is, is like they are banking and betting on that we haven't seen Cousins' ceiling. That there's something else out there, another level or two that that he can get Zimmer. into. Because Zimmer, because Zimmer, because Zimmer, offense coordinator system, right. whatever that we just haven't seen his ceiling yet. Man, Judd, that's a risky proposition that is a risky proposition you know what again i'll keep saying this maybe they're going to be proven true but if they don't um you've gone down a path where it's going to people are going to say you should have done this we told you this this was not the way to go you know you're going to open yourself up to some major second guessing correct and keep and keep in mind too so the kirk stands will at every turn, make excuses. But keep in mind, okay, Mike and Kirk didn't work. It's a lot of people's fault. It's Kirk's fault. It's Mike's fault. It's the team's fault. But Kirk Cousins had a long run in Washington with a litany of big-name offensive up-and-coming coaches. And I know that people will say, but look at his team there. But the reality is it didn't work there. So so now you're saying, well, this time around with O'Connell, it's going to work. And you're basically saying you're invested 100% in it working. So it's a very interesting I, – I, in some ways, I can't wait to, to see it because if it works, great. If it yeah. doesn't, 
how do you come out of that and say, okay, that didn't work, but now, you know, so you're well, always you, going to be shifting things. Yeah. I mean, people will, the, 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 the blind backers will always say, well, I didn't have the offense line, right. whatever, you know. Um, but if it doesn't work in this case, it's not going to work. Right. I mean, cause yeah. you've, you've given him the offensive guy, you removed the boogeyman who hates offense. You removed um, some of these things. Um, and so uh, you can't, there'll be no more. This is it. This yeah. is the, this is it. This is the, uh, we're going to find out like where, how much more um, we're going to find out the degree to which Mike Zimmer held back that offense mm-hmm. and, and Mike Zimmer and his coordinator wrote revolving door. Um, and, and, you know, if they can do it and fix the defense, then, you know, I still don't know that this is a team that's going to, you're going to say, well, there's a team that's a legitimate Super Bowl team, but it will, it will, it should be a playoff team or at least in that discussion in relevant in December. I think it needs to be, I think it needs to be a a playoff team. Uh, And if it is a playoff team, Chip Scoggins and Vikings fans celebrate that they're happy. They head to the bars, they head to their local liquor store, how would you suggest that they – what type of beer would you suggest they celebrate with? I would pull up Barstool. I would look down the long line of taps. Yep. And I'd point to the red one. Give me a Surly Furious, buddy. That's exactly right. That's exactly – you know what? I'll sit right by you. <laughs> Give us two. And if you don't have Surly on tap, what's wrong with you? That's right. Best IPA around. We're Surly. out of here. We're going to another <laughs> bar. Exactly right. Because Surly and all of the great products from our friends – Surly Brewing help uh, present Purple Access, Purple Daily, and all of our Vikings programming, and we appreciate that. Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, I'm just, I, I thought that Mark Wilf, in lots of ways, doubled down. Um, 100% doubled down. And I'm with you, yeah. and, but I'm with you. He believes that. So yeah. I'm just really curious. I'm really now, because the day he said super competitive, I'm, I'm like, well, of course he's going to say that because you're not going to say well i hope we lose a bunch of games uh but i think him elaborating on it in in the past week now really shows that there is a genuine belief that they have been told there's no reason why this group of team this group of players can't win um and and again i'll come back to what i keep saying in some ways i sort of feel for o'connell because he's a first timer gets his big break and basically is being thrown directly into the fire and told oh by the way no real room for failure here. So mm-hmm. you need to win and prove that Mike screwed the whole thing up, which, hey, look, Mike didn't have a couple of good years before that. Pretty damn good coach. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And I, I want to see. I'm curious for, for OTAs and mini camps to start. So am I. Yeah. To, you know, not even see the coaches and all this stuff, but um, to see this personnel on defense, Gus. I mean, I still. You know, so you have one starting corner now in Pat Peterson. Um, you got your nickel corner. Is Yeah, you got your nickel corner. And I guess Cam Dantzler? Dantzler's the, uh, yeah, Dantzler right unless now. You, sure. Unless you, unless you. Draft one. Draft a guy at 12 and you feel like he's, he's willing to, you know, you can plug him in there. But um, it's, uh, it's going to be a fascinating, I know, uh, off-season work can kind of be boring and all that, but when you have a new coach and new staff, 
uh, to me, there's a lot of intrigue there. 100%. All right, Chip Scoggins, talk to you next week. Appreciate it. And um, enjoy the, the final four here at Target Center with. Definitely will. Connor. See you, brother. Talk to you later. Bye.